You're listening to an Irreverent Podcast. Visit Irreverent FM for more content from our friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome. My name is Janice Legata, and this is God Has Not Given, an ex-evangelical podcast featuring me and my failing faith in conversations with my friends and family. This week's episode is part two of Becoming Conscious, a wonderful conversation with my friend Jessica Ray that not only helped me kill two episode birds with one stone, but also helped me believe in the future of this podcast during a week when I was questioning everything about everything I was doing. It had been one of those days for a good couple of weeks, but here we are. And because this is part two, there's no way to tell whether or not I'm a Christian, but that's okay. God knows. Probably. Anyway nothing to it but to do it so let's go for you and your experiences like was there like a specific experience for you that kind of prompted you writing the divide or um I mean so many so many instances of so many things. Yeah. Um, but I mean, because I ended up having, you know, this this relationship with Carl and having this ability to have like these conversations with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I can look back, look back over the years. I'm like, we, we know what we know when we know it. Yeah. Um, and we're learning as we go. And even, you know, relationships are changing as you go. And so in the beginning, having the first conversations with him, I was still questioning a lot of it myself. And it's like, you know something, yeah. but you don't, you don't have the research yeah. necessarily to back it up. But like, I, yeah. internally, I feel this, like I know. Something I'm, is off. It's something is off. Yeah. And then I, and then maybe it's because I'm a storyteller and I'm always trying to, like, I'm trying to understand characters. I'm trying to understand narrative and I'm just like trying to make sense of things. And so a lot of things, a lot of things with church, with the Bible, like whatever, I'm just like, make it make sense or like follow, (laughs) follow the storyline out. Like if, if this is what we're saying, then like follow this out. And so, so I don't know. So I would just look around and I'm like, Hillsong, because you're saying you're a place that champions women. I don't, I don't understand. And especially if you're in leadership, well, a simple thing, like just commit today to just saying, okay, we know the world is 50, 50 men and women. We're going to have a woman speak 50% of the time. Like, like, why is that not a thing? Because you're not a church like, I'm not fighting the battle. You're not a church that says we don't believe women can speak. You believe it. So why, why would God not use women as much? So then, like, the narrative just starts bothering me because there's mm-hmm. are things that you're saying, but they don't add up. And, yeah. and now if you're saying God is making these choices, well, they're not saying some very ugly things about God. So I'm like, God created this vast array of humanity But every time he picks a new preacher, he always dips into like the white married man (laughs) pot. Yo, dude, I also have to say 
I started, so when I started noticing that everybody had the Carl Lentz haircut <laughs> and like also the Laura Lentz hair and like the boots and the jeans and like the, it just, it just looked so weird. I was yeah. like, yo, I am not like, that's not my fashion choice, nor do I want it to be. And if I have to like dress like that for y'all to pay attention to anything I say, goodbye. <laughs> It just became like very clear that they were trying to output like a very specific image and like being in dance, you know, like I grew up in dance, like I've been in ballet, like I've been in, you know, different company atmospheres and I understand what it means to like everybody needs to have a bun, like everybody needs to be wearing pink tights. Like we're trying to go for this look, like make sure you have the line, you know, like all, yeah. all that. Like I, I get that, but this is not a performance. Like this is life. So can or we- Or is it? <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, so I think that, that really that disconnect also brought in sort of the insight because being a performing artist like you're around performance all the time time. pretty easy to start to spot it (laughs) but yeah no that makes sense like I I would always question that and one of the things that I was talking to you earlier that brought me more like grab that helped me gravitate towards Liberty Church was the fact that there were so many women speaking yeah but then again I didn't see until later that it was, again, like everybody's really close to whiteness here. We're still like very much on this one strain and we got it. You guys got to figure that out. <laughs> I used to say we, you guys <laughs> figure that out. No, no, that, that makes sense. I guess too, like as you're grappling with this thing that's um that you can't necessarily name mm-hmm. yet what is that I'm curious to know that feeling right of what it means to start to see things like sort of like a like an a flower opening up right and starting to see I, I truly do feel like when we come into that sense of consciousness and awakening that we really are opening up and blooming and becoming more who we can be and I'm just yeah I'm just curious to know more about like what that looked like for you there and and if there was like opposition to that and and how you dealt with that you know I mean so the the, I mean there was definitely opposition (laughs) because my plan never worked like I never (laughs) never succeeded um, but it was very, very like benign seeming opposition. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and like the time, times have changed so much. I feel like just as black America, it was just coming into a new consciousness mm-hmm. um, and learning, learning to use our voice, learning to fight for things just in general. Um, and in the church, as much as the church likes to claim to be at the forefront, like the church is always in the back of every movement and like waiting to see which way the wind is going to go and then like jumping on um so you know like I said in the beginning I'm like ah like I I feel like this is wrong but I don't I don't have the research to back this up so we're just we're just talking and we're just having sharing opinions at this point and then you know there were a few years where we were giving 
white people just a lot of credit just for having the conversation. Yo, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, just for being willing to talk about it. <laughs> oh. Like, and still very much coming, coming from a point of view of, like, all of our opinions are equally valid. You know, I mean, and now I'm like, I'm not, I'm not here for your conversations. <laughs> I'm not. No. Google is for free. Yes. There are so many books, so many resources. If you want to talk about a book, if you want to, you know, but you got to come at me with something. Yes. Like, we're not just going to talk about your feelings. No. Ooh. And your intentions. You know, no. And so like a lot of those early conversations worry about feelings and intentions and no, we want this too. And then walking away like, okay, they want it too. So it's just, you know, just a matter of time. Yeah. We just gotta, we just gotta wait, you know, we're, uh, we'll yeah, get there. We just gotta keep waiting. <laughs> keep waiting. We're, we'll, we'll get there. Oh man. No, no, it's, it's, that's so true. And I mean, I hear you exactly on that point of, I'm really tired of like talking about people's feelings, um, how they feel about this. Please let's have a productive conversation about like this book you read. Exactly. And, like, and like, if you want to talk to me about how you feel, like how do you feel with this set of like dialogue that you viewed and like, how can we come to an actionable place? Like it really is now about, how are you going to put this into action? Because we've talked about your feelings. Like I've talked about my feelings. I know where you stand. You know where I stand. Like show me what you're going to do. Right. Um, and I just really feel like it's hard. It's really hard for a lot of people in the church to get on board with that. Um, and oh yeah, like we definitely have to have to talk about this, this rise of, Trumpism and I gotta tell you I really do think that that was when I stopped going to church like just stopped because I there was no way there's no way to justify this man that like is a racist is a rapist yeah is a crook like he's definitely stolen like a lot of things a compulsive liar. Like, how can you believe anything he says? Every time that man talks, he lies. So you're just going to believe something that he says? Yeah. Again, we're, we're in the era of people just saying things. Just and saying things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. How, how did that play out with you? Because I were you, you were still involved at this point, right? Like when... Trump was like on the rise. Were Actually, you? I had, I mean, I think 20, I think 20, 2016 is like a dividing line mm-hmm. for so many people, just for so many things. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and as black women, we've, we've been at like, we're like the, we're the prophets. Like we have been at the forefront of these movements being like, this ain't it. Like yeah. this, this ain't it. And like every, every other group, <laughs> you know, has certain percentages to go for him. And like, we are always the lowest percentage. Like, you know, yeah. it's, they get some of us, you know, we, we're not a hundred percent, but 
America, it'll do it to you. It, it, yeah, the, the supremacy will do it to you. It'll do it to you. It will. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she, she, she done got God. Um, <laughs> oh, she's so long gone. Oh, man. Yeah. And then, which I, which I don't even like find, like, you can't win them all, so just like no, go. No, you can't, you can't. But the thing is, like, you are being used against us because that's what people, that's who people are going to come and meet. But exactly. But, but she said, and then I'm like, and stop doing that because I can pull up 17 <laughs> white people that will agree with me. Like, why do you guys do that? I know exactly. It's like <laughs> one girl. The one. It's one woman because she's black and a woman she's automatically like the catalyst right and can change everybody's opinion i'm like y'all got to know that that is not right <laughs> y'all gotta know please stop yes. justifying your hate for black people with yeah. this woman yeah she ain't it she ain't it <laughs> She ain't it. Oh man, no. Uh, sorry, I had to I had to go on that tangent because I I am simply perplexed every time she opens her mouth. I'm just like, dude, you're like really mad, and also you really hate yourself. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, that's yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel I feel bad for her because I'm like, that's ooh, that can't feel good. Like you just no. That's. Ugh, ugh. No, ugh. okay, let's let's move on to more positive. <laughs> like, let's move on to something else. That yeah, that's a that's the sunken place right that's, there. Like it's so far gone. Deepest level. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. yeah. So I don't so like in the background over the years, and I don't even know, I don't even know when I started working on this show, but I wanted to write the story of Jesus's birth, but like from the perspective of Mary and Joseph, because like I've always been fascinated with Mary. Her life just got completely turned upside down by this thing. And so then trying to think about what did this story look like? Like, how did that feel? What did that look like? So then I started doing, just like reading and doing research just about Jesus and be like, what was that time period like? And so, and now, now it seems like so like so commonplace and we all know no he was marginalized man and they were you know marginalized people and that was not the narrative when i grew up like you did not hear any of that like background of jesus like you would have just thought he was just born into this is regular regular <laughs> kind of world and he's just you know walking around and so like my first my first and i was reading like these very vanilla books like it wasn't this wasn't black liberation theology yeah you know, whatever one of the first most affecting books in my beginning stage was like the jesus i never knew but like philip yancey i mean nice. could, not, <laughs> could not be more white like <laughs> but just just like reframing this whole reframing and realizing what kind of world jesus grew up in 
Yeah. And then even like Mary and like Mary's Magnificat, like they never talk about how like when she hears this news and she talks about empires being thrown down and, you know, they make Mary just very, very just meek and mild. And, you know, oh, I'm just having this baby or whatever. And it's like, no, like she came out dropping like these revolutionary bars yeah talking about no this is going to be the end of the kingdom of this world and like yeah. it's just realizing how much they just sanitize the story of jesus and so then that started being like okay this i have a little bit of research to back up what i feel mm-hmm. um and it's not even like i said this isn't black liberation theology not yet like this is just yeah. <laughs> no this was a marginalized man yeah and <laughs> was revolutionary who was like killed by the state unjustly like this is police brutality like this is all these things so by 2016 I had already started like I wasn't I wasn't stage managing anymore I think I wasn't even singing anymore Mm. so I had just been like stepping back yeah um and I was still going so I mean <laughs> still had my seating privileges and <laughs> you know <laughs> still come in and out um and still trying to still in that mindset of no like I'm I'm the one I can make some change here like somebody's got to have these conversations somebody's got to you know be pushing pushing this so I can I can do this like I can yeah I can be this one. Um, and then just, just for me, it was finally realizing, you know, cause I can have these conversations with Carl and still, I'm still, I'm still not sure how, how dedicated he actually was to it and how much of it was just being. Uh, the like facades. And- yeah. 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 And like, and liking being, you know, Ooh, that rebellious white pastor that's actually saying black lives matter. And, you know, <laughs> And it was so interesting too. I think one of the things that always struck me about him is I, this is okay. <laughs> this is also fit in the narrative in my brain for so long. Cause I told you like my mom kind of like raised us all on, you know, understanding like this is what black people went through in persecution in the South, like civil rights movement. Like we right. watched Malcolm X when I watched Malcolm X when I was like seven years old or something like <laughs> Like the Denzel version, you know, like, so I I had a lot of that, like, just very much buried in me. And I did rebel against a lot of that because I was like, there's just so much anger here and God is love. So there was like a lot of this, but it always has stuck with me that like, white people have always wanted to have a part of black culture, but like, don't really care about the black lives that like produce the black culture and and I always saw him as this dude I was like I'm just so confused as to how he has this like very vanilla life yet is you know coming out with all this trying to be like trying to like be acculturated in this black culture like I could see that like all over him just like him trying so hard (laughs) at it And I just kind of like, of course, you kind of develop this love for Carl just because like he's a pastor and like he's trying his best and he's, you know, preaching the word or whatever. He's passionate. So you're like, oh, like I get I get that that's your thing. But I would always be like, 
you really like stepping in this like black culture, but she might not know black people up on stage with you. So I'm very confused. (laughs) But yeah, but you were saying um, just sort of like how, how you were doing this research and how it was really informing you. And I think that's like, again, man, I still believe in artists being like the saving grace of just consciousness in general. And just, I I think that artists are superheroes and I'm not trying to toot our horns, but but the amount of critical thinking that you have to do as an artist to create and to make something that stands on its own, on its own two feet and really speaks to people and speaks to people's hearts. Like there's so much research that goes into that so much time and creative energy there's so much thinking outside of like what is good and bad and and all that stuff you just really have to think around under up in all the box out of the box you know it's all of that so I just think that artists are pretty much like the saving grace of our humanity and I appreciate you for doing that work because I'm sure like your book definitely like helped me like it it made me feel good that like another black like a black woman's voice mm-hmm. like was was out there speaking to this stuff that was like in it for so long um yeah. and just like I don't know I just so respect you as like a voice and a person and a human and I just think that you have so much, uh, just, you just have so much creativity flowing in and out of you. And there's so many stories that are in you. And I'm just so excited whenever you release anything, because I feel like you're really going at it with a inquisitive eye. And you really want to know, like, what does it feel like? What is the humanity in this? You know, so I, I appreciate that about you. And I'm glad that you did that research and that you're still doing research and just so important, man. It really is. It really is. I mean, and I think part of, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just realizing more and more all the time, like how much, how much of the programming we're under and how effective it is, because yeah. even, even being curious, being inquisitive, that was anti the programming. Yes. It's like you are very much, no, 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 this is the word. Uh-huh. This is the theology that we believe. And this is like your approved list of books and resources. Yeah. And you don't step outside of that. Like, no, these are the translations and the interpretations that we go with. But like even that language isn't used. Like you don't. It's not until later that you find out. Oh, there are different ways of thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and oh. so much of this theology that we've grown up with. So we think, oh, this this is it. Like this yeah. is the school of thought, and this is how it's always been. And to be like, no, like nobody thought this way a hundred years ago. Like so much of we think of what we think is such new thought, Mm -hmm. and so new thought is 
optional and available to you. And you can go, you know, read other schools of thought, even, even about like the life of Jesus or like what his death meant. Like, you know, it's not just this <laughs> atonement theory. And you're like, oh, there's other theories for why Jesus died and it wasn't just this thing. And it's like, oh, oh my goodness. Sexuality wasn't always thought about this way. Yeah. Um, or even even more recently and being like, you know, the whole pro-life movement oh. and then like realizing, <laughs> oh, that was actually based solely in racism. Like y'all were mad <laughs> about having to integrate your schools and you needed a new cause to unite. Like you, what you in the 70s, nobody Christians actually didn't care about abortion. Like this is a very new phenomenon. Like just, but like, these are things you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to question. You're not supposed to be curious. Like you're, yeah. you've been given this because, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things and who can know it. So like your, your mind, your heart, your feelings, all these things are the things on, on the list of things not to be trusted. Yeah. You know, so you can only rely on, the word and your leadership yes and that's it and your feelings so like I, I will speak to that as well like I feel like um well not feel well I I was <laughs> I was told from like a pretty young age and I'm not sure if if you heard this and and your your church teaching I'm pretty sure I heard this echoed as I became older but like that we're not supposed to judge situations based on our feelings, right? Like, right. like it's not like we need to be informed by the word and, you know, by the kind of like, like you said, like the layout, like the, the law of the land um, yeah. and our leadership. But like, I guess I, I, I always question that. I, and, and I'm so grateful again for dance in my life because having so much dance training and so many different dance teachers, like there's just so much philosophy that's thrown at you from different like parts of the world. And just like, you know, really to get you in the mindset to be able to perform these things with your body and to tell stories with your body. But I had this one teacher ask me like, why are you so opposed to like your flesh? Like what, what I, I find flesh as like a, a positive thing like why are you looking at it so negatively so I like explained to him about like the flesh and the feelings and things that he's like sounds like very oppressive and I was like okay <laughs> I was still in college so I like didn't really know you know I wasn't really thinking outside of that um but I came to think about this and it's like you know people are telling us all the time to not go with our feelings but like but we are all the time. We're like making decisions based off our feelings all the time. Like even, even when it's the simple thing of like, well, I, I feel like God is telling me to do this. I, I need to talk to this leader, but, and, and he's, he's getting this feeling like yeah. it's all feelings. Like what is the deal? It's just, it's just this programming of you not to listen to your body and not to trust yourself. And yeah, like we all have, we all make mistakes, we all make bad calls, we all, you know, fuck up essentially, but we got to learn from that. We got to learn on our own. Yeah. Um, 
And I just, I just feel like, again, it's that programming of, yeah, like, don't trust your feelings. Don't trust you. It's like, but, but if I'm supposed to be getting this feeling from God, I'm feeling that God is telling me that. So I am doing that, but only in this, only in this framework, you know? And only when it matches up with what you want. Yeah. Like what works for you? Because then, I mean, in the same, at the same time, like to be like, no, you can't trust your feelings and this isn't about emotion or whatever. But then Hillsong is a production. (laughs) And y'all know, y'all know why you play the music that you play at the time when you play it. And like all of this is set up to get people to have an emotional reaction, to feel something that makes them want to stay here. Yes, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Man, I will never forget. There was this one time where it, it was definitely like they had their commercial breaks, I felt like. There was like in between like the worship and like the next person coming on to speak, it would be like the commercial break. And yeah. it would show like either, it was always either like an invitation for like a new initiative they were taking or program or like an advertisement for their new CD coming out or their new like music album, whatever coming out yeah. or like buy tickets for this um, conference or yeah. go to the leadership college. And I'm like, if you're watching this every Sunday, like that's definitely like imprinting on your brain that you need to do this, you yeah. know? And yeah, so yeah, it's, it's all to solicit like this emotional reaction and yeah, man, like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, well, I'm glad that you're conscious and that you're <laughs> continually like, you know, coming into more consciousness, um, about this. And I mean, honestly, like one, another thing that's really helped me is I love doing research on cults. Like mm. I, well, and I also like my artwork too. Like you were talking about, uh, your research informing you, like, um, I created this piece a while ago called Black Being, and I'm, I'm actually still working on the iterations. There's supposed to be three of them, but the first one was Navigating Whiteness, and I think that was in 2016. Yeah, I think it was 2016 that I was making that piece, and I didn't really have all the language for that, but I knew that I wanted to talk about being a Black woman, a Christian, and mm-hmm. like in a mostly white, like, evangelical environment. I remember performing that piece, and, like, of course, the the audience, there were, like, mostly white people. It was a, it was a performance that was, like, a, it was a believer-based company that commissioned me to do this work, and so I performed the work. I had, like, two performances, and, and it was white people that came up to me, and they were, like, you really, really loved your piece, like, we could tell that you were struggling with something. And I was like, I sure am. <laughs> it's called navigating your whiteness. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, going back to cults, that was just an aside, but going back to cults, like I created this piece in 2017. Actually, I was working on it in 2016 as well, but I think I might have flipped the years on this. I think Black Being was 2017 and culture was 2016 but I was doing all this research on cults because I wanted to talk about how 
sort of I, now it makes way more sense like in context today but the rise of Donald Trump and the acculturation around that and just like these prophets acclaimed yes. self-proclaimed prophets coming out uh talking about Donald Trump being anointed and stuff like that and and him being like a Cyrus or something I remember yeah. seeing this book about about it and I was like wow somebody's trying to make a lot of money um <laughs> um but I remember thinking like this is a very like cultish way of thinking about Christianity and like they're not looking at any of the realities any of the social realities of our lifetime and it's very much stuck in this one centric belief um of what it means to be a good Christian and like who we should be voting for and and all of that has actually been determined socially over time but like yeah. The unwillingness to peel back the layers and actually do the historical research. But the piece was about how the media has acculturated us to being, uh, not being a certain way, but like believing certain things. And I, and this again was like way before it's time now thinking like, um, but I really wanted to draw a parallel to like how much media we were intaking and how, like subliminal messaging was happening mm -hmm. and like how we've kind of erupted into this um this face-off where we have to stand up for our own belief and then so like the first three parts of the dance are that and then the last part of the dance is kind of this coda about America and like where we are now and just how we have gotten into this place of just like this wrecked reality yeah. and and it and it ends with this woman like sitting like I think she sits down and she's watching like the presidents like it, it, I think it goes from like 1993 to like 2000 and then instead of showing Donald Trump I like showed this sort of like static on the screen because at this point, I feel like in the piece, like we've evolved into this thing that like, it doesn't really matter anymore because we're so set in like what we believe. Mm -hmm. But I was doing so much research on cults and I was looking at stuff like the things that happened with Jonestown, like David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. And I was looking at like the Children of God cults and... I was just seeing a lot of these patterns of, you know, this like high, like this charismatic leader, like, yep. and this kind of, you know, <clears throat> conditioning of people to believe a certain way. And that if they didn't believe that way, they were wrong and like they would be excommunicated. And, and so, when I started doing that research and, and I hope to like do more on that peace culture. Like I don't want it to end in that like 2017 version. Like I want to continue to like build upon that. And I mentioned that because I've recently watched the vow on HBO and I feel like that piece of work is, first of all, it's like a fascinating, I think it's like a nine part piece. And I watched. Yeah. Because there's two of them about that. Yeah, so there's now. the vow, and then there's... Um, seduced. 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 
yeah. Yeah. So I watched, I watched both of them. Seduced had this more like entertainment tonight quality. Those two, I do still appreciate the vow in the sense of it took you through an indoctrination. Yeah, it It made you think that this guy probably wasn't so bad and that he did really care about these people. And, you know, I felt a sort of kinship with the, the people that had got entrenched with that because I feel like oftentimes in a lot of different versions of Christianity, that is the way that church culture is set up, you know, and the pastor is, you know, the vanguard. Like he can't really do anything that's like too wrong. I mean, unless it's like a big scandal or whatever. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, but there's such if a, that could ever happen. Exactly. Um, but, but yeah, it's like this thing of like, there is, there is like a line of like, but there's those frontline people that like kind of keep the secrets. And then like when yeah. one of them whistle blows or like when one of them like, or unless the guy just like fucks up royally, like, you know, um and it's public everywhere but um but yeah I just I felt like wow this is ringing a lot of bells and that's really unfortunate but at least I'm starting to see that like this is the peril these there are certain parallels here and there are ways that we can not or church culture cannot do that anymore like there there are there are other steps to take you know like don't keep don't keep making people volunteer for free all the time like if it's something that like your small team that's like on staff can't do and you need a few volunteers like okay cool but like don't don't pressure those people to do it to the point where they're having nervous breakdowns or meltdowns or it's impeding on their mental, physical, financial health because that's not Jesus. Right, right. <laughs> it's not. Um, so yeah, I, I think like watching The Vow and really like going through that whole indoctrination process was really, really a beautiful piece of work in the sense of they really took you there and they made you like get immersed. Even if you were annoyed at, I'm like, how is this dude, this like short dude that looks like a freaking like turtle. Like how's he controlling all these people? All these like, people. Yeah. It's so weird. It's so weird. But then I think, you know, like there are a lot of people that look at certain churches, like how is that like douchey guy? Like, <laughs> like all these followers, like, that's so confusing you know so it's um I don't know I just thought it was really informative and and yeah I I keep drawing certain parallels to that kind I think it's it's really identifying with like the guilt that you feel when you're unable to like perform certain tasks or you feel like you're not like your worth is so measured in your work there you know and it's so tied in that identity of like, well, if I don't have this, then like, who am I outside of this? Like all the while forgetting like, oh, well, if I believe in God, I believe in Jesus and I'm, I'm still a part of that. Like that doesn't diminish like right, right. who I want to be or believe I am just because I couldn't show up on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. <laughs> just because I didn't get the water on time, like, you know, like, 
So yeah, but yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, like at this point, I'm like, I feel like mega churches are like the best argument against mega churches because you don't, if you can't sustain this work, like you said, if you can't afford to pay all these people to do this, wisdom, I think, would say like scale back. Yes. So scale back until you can get to the place where like, yeah. 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 I've been talking about with a friend of mine and we've just been like, reimagining church like we talked about a little bit you know pre-game how did we even get land on this system like how did we get to this this is the model and this is what we do yeah and like we basically just recreated the temple system mm-hmm. um because like if you look at paul and i'm not i'm not the hugest fan of paul like i think oh. <laughs> and it's probably it's not even paul's fault it's like what what we we have done with his teaching. Yeah, it's like what we've mm-hmm. made Paul to be versus like yeah. what was actually there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, follow Jesus. <laughs> like, and if at any point where where they come into conflicts, where it seemed like they would be do something different, go with Jesus. Um, but even like Paul, I'm like, Paul wasn't, Paul wasn't running around planting Paul songs. No. Like he would go somewhere, raise up a leader from there, be like, here's this. And now this is yours. If you need help, send me a letter. I'll write you back. But you know this culture. You know these people. This is your place. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Paul is like, yeah, if you want to give me money, cool. I'll take it. But also, I can go make me a tent. I can go (laughs) work for somebody, you know, whatever. I'm like, how different, how different would it be if pastor was not a job? I'm like, if you want to have a church, fine. But you know what? You're going to get up on Monday and you're going to go to work like the rest of your people. Yeah. Like if this wasn't your source of income. Because mm-hmm. what happens when your beliefs are changing? Yeah. Or you just aren't feeling it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think it's so dangerous when faith is your job. Or you can't, like you can't walk away from this. Yeah. Even, you know, and especially once you get into the megachurch model and, you know, part of the final, like when I finally felt free to leave Hillsong was when like it clicked for me, like it didn't even matter how invested or not Carl was in Black Lives Matter and equality Mm -hmm. and just all these things. Because at the end of the day, it wasn't his church. Yeah. Like he couldn't even really make these decisions. Mm-mm. And Hillsong Global was not built for this. No. They didn't care about this. So it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Like it just it just wasn't. Yeah. I mean, and I think too, like I, I feel like what's really happened is that the church has often modeled like a capitalist economic model, right? And so we're not really looking at it in a community sense and what it means to be accountable in a community. We're looking at, okay, like how can this be a sustainable economic method? A business. Um, And we, yeah, how can this be a business and how can we cultivate church around this business model? Um, And I think, you know, there could be a place for that, but I don't think that that should be the go-to model for, for the church at all. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, and I and to speak to what does it mean to not have like pastoring as a job? I I think that yeah, I think that would radically change the world, honestly, um, because it is like. I think with our jobs, right, like there, there's a natural sort of like evolution that happens with us people. We, we do one job for like five years, six years, a year, two years, sometimes 10, and then we retire, you know, and it's like to have that job description of preacher your whole life, that's gotta be like, an insane amount of pressure and and then yeah because I think the thing is like I I don't feel like upset um in the same way about the Carl Lentz situation because I think I think a younger me would have been like really offended that like oh you preach all these morals but like you don't do any of them like fuck you like I think I would have felt that way like like a younger version of myself but you know as you're growing into who you want to be and who you are like you're gonna go through a lot of changes and and you need to be able to talk about that you know and if you're tied to this entity that's like this is who you are like we've propped you up we've provided for you like you owe us (laughs) yeah we own you. We own you. We own you. <laughs> then it, it makes it really difficult because not only that, now you, you've also got fame. You've got like visibility. You you've got access. Like you've got all this stuff, but like you as a person are trying to figure out like who am I? Do I still want this? Like how I end up with with all this around me? Like right. Do I even want to be married? Like, I'm sure that happens to so many married people. Like, I don't know because I'm single, but I'm sure, like, I mean, even having been in a relationship or two, the last one I was in was ended terribly, but, (laughs) but like, but I'm sure there's any point in time you're in a relationship, it's like there a couple years go by or a year goes by or whatever amount of time you're like do I still want to be with this person those are questions that you have and and to automatically just be tied to this like yes so like I have to say yes instead of being able to really have that conversation honestly man that's gotta like that's that's gotta suck like that is like being branded yes yeah you and, and yes dude yes and it's like yeah it's like that master slave shit man it yeah. really is and and I'm not trying to make any excuses for Carl because he's a grown man who can make his own choices um and he, he oh damn I'm sorry he did not need to lie to that girl like that. I was I, when I okay I'm, yes I do read the gossip and stuff. I'm sorry I'm sorry I just I do I'm a person I'm a human I'm curious but yeah like I'm like damn dude like <laughs> I'm thinking here like as a single woman just like yeah I know some dudes have lied to me too but but damn dude like you you not setting anybody up for a good time <laughs> um. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, it's like, it's like being branded and, um, 
I just really think that we're seeing like in this whole Corona COVID-19 situation, we're all having to deal with ourselves like, like right here. (laughs) Um, It is impossible to not think about what it means to structure the church in a way that actually cares for people um, and cares for its leadership um, like truly, instead of just trying to like profit off of them. Yeah. But I mean, it's so crazy. I'm like 2020 has basically laid bare all of our systems and showed how they do not work. And I'm like, and the church is another place. It's another systemic, systemically bad organization. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And I feel like, like, I mean, this is progressive, this has been a progression. And I think a lot of it, you know, 2016 was like the first major, major crack. Yeah. Um, but even, even with Christians, you know, calling, you know, well, he's Cyrus and God, you know, sometimes did appoint evil kings and blah, 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 and all that. And I'm like, you know what? When God did, like, okay, if that's how you read the Bible and that's how you're looking at these stories, he always came after his people first. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was punishing his people. Like he was, that's who he was going after. (laughs) And that's what's happening now. Like y'all are being revealed. Yeah. And all this stuff is being shown. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I don't know. It's like, we're on the precipice of so many things. I'm like, I honestly don't know how it's going to go. You know, thinking, <laughs> thinking about the rest of this year and we're like, okay, well, Thanksgiving is pretty much shut down because of COVID mm-hmm. and Christmas. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it depends on whether we're in civil war or not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that's the thing too, is like, yeah, it's, it's, it's really unbelievable to me the side that the church has decided to, I, I'm not going to say the church saying like everybody, but a lot of these mega churches, a lot of these people that have professed in like such a a bold way, like to be leaders in in the field of Christianity, like how they're standing by this like racist abuser. And it's like, this man has raped people, y'all. Like it's in, it's documented. There are actual court case files. Like there are actual women that have shared their stories. Like I'm so confused as to why you want to defend a rapist. Like, how is that okay? (laughs) Um, but it's okay, I guess. I don't know. It's so I think just them coming out on this side and saying that it's God has really, really, it has really shown, like you said, it's really shown people's true colors and like that really people will do anything to hold on to power. Power. Again, we're in, we're honestly like, we're in a cultural reckoning, right? Absolutely. Yeah. This huge shift in like Black Lives Matter blew up this summer with like so many deaths in one, in like a course of two weeks yeah and it's not like there aren't more people dying but those are the people that got coverage right right um, right just trying to survive in a pandemic <laughs> like, can't do that um and to come out on the other side of that and call that an evil organization 
And, and especially when you've done no research and are only trusting like one news source, this yeah. is also the thing that it gets me. I'm like, you're telling people not to trust the media. Like a lot of Christians are like, I don't trust the media. I don't trust any, I'm like, but you're, you're engaging with media and trusting that source that only has one source. Right. That is only one person saying things instead of an institution where people actually have to like get degrees, go through hiring processes, compete for fellowships. Like people that do this work are qualified. Right. They have to work to be qualified. They're not trying to lie to you for fun. Like <laughs> that's, that's what these people are trying to do because they're making money off of it. Like, it's just, it blows my mind how the narrative has been so twisted because it really, all it requires is just like a little bit of research. Just a little. That's all it requires. And it just, to me, it's again reflective of the church because it's like, of course, you have a lot of people that just sit in, in the pew every Sunday and just take it for what it is instead of doing their own research and like asking their own questions and investigating. Right. And I, again, I'm not trying to like say all people and all churches, and I'm not, I'm really not trying to generalize. I'm speaking from what I've experienced through like going and being in fellowship with people and having conversations. Um, so I'm not trying to rip on anybody. It's just, this has been my observation. Yeah. And whoever wants to like have a conversation with me, I'm totally open to that because I would love to have more conversations. I don't hate people that are on the other side. I just don't understand yeah. why you're choosing to not see these things that are, that are very, very clear in my opinion. Yet like going to bat for this like whole QAnon movement which is totally made up like there is yes there is there are a lot of situations of abuse and there is human trafficking but like why are you just now paying attention to that that's been happening and also what do you think is happening in these ice facilities where these children are separated from their parents do you think that's not a breeding ground for human trafficking like if you're so concerned then like actually actually pay attention to where it's right in front of your face yet like there's this whole movement of like it's in front of your face the the government is a cabal it's all satanic yes i understand that that's what the that's what certain beliefs in your life have acculturated you to thinking because it has really been imprinted on us in the church to think like everything outside of God is evil or like everything outside of the word in the world is evil. But like, I think the truth is way more complicated than black and white. Like it's just, so yeah, I, I just, I'm like very perplexed about the whole QAnon thing. Like again, because I'm pretty obsessed with cults, like I'm very interested in like, learning more about it and learning more about people that believe it but I just it's I don't understand how that can be the reality for so many people um yeah at all it's just a wild story too it's like this is like the wildest story (laughs) (laughs) 
like I'm confused as to why you think this is true. Like <laughs> nothing in this points to any semblance of truth. Like so crazy, man. No, it's so like you're, yeah, it's just crazy. Because yeah. meanwhile, like we're trying to get you to just acknowledge how our history could possibly play into present day. <laughs> you like want nothing to do with that. Like no, like all these conspiracies and Pizzagate and these human trafficking and that all of that's absolutely true. <laughs> Never mind the fact that y'all were human trafficked for 400 years. <laughs> that has no effect and no bearing on anything today. Like that's nothing. That's all old news, fake news. So wild, so wild, so wild. I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, Janice. This was good. Um, so, yeah. now, so, so we'll, we'll wrap up by, um, I still haven't decided exactly how to, how to phrase this part, hmm. but it's basically, you know, where I see God in you, like, like what about yeah. you makes me be like, no, there, there is a God and he is, <laughs> he is good. Um, so I just, I just love, I love your consciousness. And I love your, your journey. It makes me so grateful, not just to be an artist, but that like artists exist. Um, and that we are so, so different, um, which just shows me just how, how different God is, just how he's given such different abilities and ways to speak to the world, to us, because I could never do what you do. And like the way you see things and the way you use your body to tell stories and to give voice to things. And it speaks a language that like I can't speak mm. and that I can't even fully understand, but like, it's not, it's not for me, mm -hmm. um, which is so beautiful too. Cause like we are speaking like the same thing but to different audiences. Totally. Yeah, and it's just like the same way we would just randomly, you know, meet up on the street at these different <laughs> times. <Yeah. laughs> like, I just feel like our journeys are just like randomly connected and we're just linking arms cosmically yes. all the time and like on the same wavelength, telling the same story, speaking these same things. I'm looking one direction and you're looking the other and like we're each hitting different people. We're doing this work. I love watching you do your thing. Aww. So proud of you. Yeah, I would say keep going, but I ain't got to say that because you're not going <laughs> to so. Thanks, Janice. I really appreciate yeah. that. Um, I mean, I definitely see, you know, as I mentioned before, I just feel like there's so much love and knowledge in you. And I, I truly see like the love of God like displayed you know in you and like I I feel like the way that you love people and um just see people is so so wonderful and it's just so um there's just so much meaning behind that and I, I mean you can change someone's life by just seeing them you know and I just think that's so important and and I love that you have such a way with words and that I think your writing is really powerful and 
I really believe that like I see God in you through like the way that he uses your words and again just like that drive that you have as well I feel like we see very similar things in each other (laughs) just like I just I feel like you have this drive of like I'm gonna keep going like regardless of you know what these people say what these people did to me like I survived this and I'm gonna keep going and we're gonna keep talking about it because it needs to change and like we're gonna figure out like yeah. how to change this and I might not be like in it like the way that I was but I did my time so I can say my piece yeah <laughs> yeah oh man yeah it's like I earned every one of these words yeah and you have earned every one of those moves hmm so so many dude so many all right well thanks for doing guys. this I love you, girl. I'm excited. Like, I'm so excited. I really want more people to buy your book and read it because I think that's going to be, like, super helpful for a lot of people, you know? (laughs) I definitely am not against that. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I'm saying they need to. (laughs) All right. See ya. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. So that's that, and that's a wrap on episode six. Thank you again to Jessica Ray for such a good conversation and for helping me, you know, get my podcast life together. And thank you to you, listener, for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'll share, subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast as you see fit. And just in case you're all caught up but still would like to hear more from me, please check out the podcast thereafter. Because I'm out here, y'all, guesting on other podcasts. What? So check that out if you want and be sure to check in again here next week. There are some great conversations coming up, and I'm so excited for this next stage of God is Not Given. So stick around, y'all. And please, stick close to home. Stick to wearing your mask. And hey, if you can, stick it to the man. You know what I'm saying? No, seriously, do you know? Because I don't. Anyway, be well, and I'll talk to you soon. I am an E. I am an E.